I'm Kathleen Anderson, part skeptic, part believer, and your host of The Eclipse. Welcome to my podcast, where I dive into the unknown, seeking truth and hope with a healthy dose of skepticism and humor. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Welcome back. This is episode 11 of The Eclipse. I have to say, I can't believe how busy we have been this holiday season. Every year, it seems to get more and more hectic, but we are here and we've managed to get some more episodes in the can, so to speak, before the end of the year. I am so glad to be back with you guys. I absolutely love doing this podcast and I have been itching to get back at it. So let's go into it, shall we? In this episode, I'm diving into the theory that our planet is covered in a sort of electric paranormal alien grid known as ley lines. So I, when I first started this, I actually thought they were called key lines, but they're ley lines apparently. And they go way back. So this isn't necessarily like a recent sort of concept. It's not even, you know, like specific to kind of like Anglo-Saxon history. The Chinese called them dragon lines. The South American shamans called them spirit lines. And the Australian Aborigines called them dream lines. But they technically kind of first were whispered about in, you know, regular kind of all-encompassing, you know, conversations around the globe in the 1840s. But it was in the 1920s that the theory was developed that there were lines between historic major structures on the planet. Now, at this point, they were really kind of thought of as like possibly trade routes. But of course, the archaeological community said that's hogwash. And it kind of makes sense when you think about why archaeologists would say that doesn't make sense because not every like geographic site was built during the same time frame, right? Like the pyramids of Giza were not built the same time as Stonehenge. Now in the 1960s, the idea of ley lines reemerged, but it was at this point that it was related to aliens. And there were these people, this is my favorite, these people, this kind of became like a fad to do the kind of like geocaching is now, which I'm going to be honest with you, I don't really understand what it is. Somebody tried to explain to me what geocaching was, and it sounded incredibly boring. But anyway, these people were called lay hunters, which sounds way better than geocaching, uh, but also kind of nerdy. So so the 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 concept, right, is that you know, you can look at specific ancient sites or locations on the globe and you can draw a line between them. And so this kind of this one dealing with aliens and UFOs is this idea that these sites that kind of, you know, that kind of are a mystery as to how they could have been built or things like that. Not only did aliens probably, according to some theories, give us the idea to build them and help us build them, but they were built in these locations for a specific reason to help aliens, I guess, navigate across the earth. I'll get to that in a minute. So some of these locations, I mean, I've already kind of mentioned some of them. So you've got the pyramids of Giza, you've got Chichen Itza, you've got Stonehenge, which I've I've been to Stonehenge. I'm going to be honest with you. It's kind of, it's like the Alamo of England, in my opinion. Uh, I'll explain that. So I remember when I was in Texas, I went, I was so excited to go see the Alamo and I went and I was like, oh, 
that's it. It's, I mean, you kind of got to go, right? But it's really not exciting. So when I say Stonehenge is the Alamo of England, you got to go check out Stonehenge, but you're a little bit like, oh, it's uh, a bunch of big rocks. That's, that's kind of it. <laughs> but anyway, there's another location, which I'll talk to later, that's um, I've always wanted to go to because I hear that they have amazing spa resorts. Um, so Sedona, Arizona actually is considered kind of one of these possible lay locations. So let's talk about it. What, you know, what is it that these theories present about these locations? So a lot of it has to do with energy. So like earth energy, this is going to get really new agey. And for those of you out there into it, you know, I, I, you know, go for it. Go ahead and grab your your healing crystals and let's ride this train. It'll be fun. So the idea was was that these energy lines helped guide alien spaceships. Um, and this is this is very new age, you know, and kind of like deals with like you know psychics and things like that. So you know, new agers and psychics actually believe that they can sense or feel this kind of earth energy. So if you're at like Stonehenge and you're a new ager or you're, you know, you're dialed into your crystal chakras or whatever, you can feel, you know, an extra, I don't know, energy boost, I guess. So, you know, Stonehenge is considered like an area that, you know, Earth's energy is like a storage area. So kind of like where, you know, if you have like solar panels on your house and you've got one of those storage, like energy storage things in your garage, that's basically what Stonehenge is for us. (laughs) Um, And then of course, you know, I talked about Sedona. So Sedona is considered to be like an energy, like an Earth energy vortex is actually supposed to supposedly have four of them. So, you know, again, like I said, this is super new agey. So the idea like there are some that say that these ley lines are very similar to like if earth had its own chakra so you know i am not an expert on chakra stuff and even though i'll kind of poke fun like i i do practice meditation and you know there's a lot of talk about like dialing into your various like human you know body chakras i don't get it probably because I'm just not (laughs) I'm not a very magical person I guess but so the idea is is like you know if humans have chakras why wouldn't earth have chakras right and so some of these locations along the ley lines are thought to have like special healing properties so um, and I'll get to this more but kind of the idea like if you are if you're ill or, or something is wrong with you but you are in one of these locations and you're able to tap into the earth chakra at that location, you're able to, to kind of heal. Um, and this kind of goes to this idea that, that Earth is not just merely a planet. It's not just a, a rock in space, but it's a, it's, a living, <laughs> it's a living being. They actually give it a name, which I have always thought of this as just like a very trendy, trendy like yoga mat brand, but it's called, you know, New Agers who believe in this say that Earth her, her name is Gaia, which is named after a Greek goddess. So that's a lot of New Age stuff there. Um, but let's let's bring it back to let's talk about ley lines in terms of more like pop culture. So if you're like me, you love a good adventure movie, and one of my personal uh, favorites 
is the Da Vinci Code. Again, I think I've talked about Robert Langdon a little bit. I think the character Dr. Robert Langdon, played by Tom Hanks, is fantastic. He's basically just a super dorky Indiana Jones, right? So I feel like that would be, I would love that job. I would love to be Dr. Robert Langdon. Um, but in the Da Vinci Code, there's actually, they, they touch on this idea of ley lines. Now, they don't talk about it in terms of aliens and UFOs, obviously, but uh, in the movie, and I, you know, I'm going to, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, uh, wake up and watch it. It's also on TV, like, all the time. So take two and a half hours and just watch the movie. But in it, uh, Dr. Langdon and um, I can't, Sophie, I can't remember her last name, but the other character, Sophie, have to go to... They have to find the Rose Line. And it actually is in reference to Roslyn Church, which is where allegedly the bloodline of Jesus is located. But like Rose Line is this is like theoretically another ley line. So what you know, what are what are my thoughts? Uh, I'm not actually against this idea that there are areas on Earth where there might be more energy than others. I kind of talked about this, I think, with the Bermuda Triangle. I mean, it is it is it is known, it is proven that there are places on our planet that, you know, a regular, like, rudimentary compass will not be as accurate because of magnetic field differences. I think it's like the Gobi Desert is one of them. And then, of course, the theory that the Bermuda Triangle is, is also. So I'm not, I don't actually necessarily have a problem with the fact that there could be places on the planet that have more energy than others. Uh, because, I mean, you know, energy is a, I don't see why the planet wouldn't have energy. Energy can be stored in objects and the earth does move. So using my very basic uh, college level science, <laughs> I, I would argue that, yeah, like the, the earth does contain energy and that that energy wouldn't necessarily be equal all around the planet. I'm not even against the idea that this increase in energy might have healing properties associated with it. So, you know, back in the, you know, like climate, climate has been thought to have healing properties, right? So, you know, back in the day when tuberculosis used to just rip through um, people, you were sent to drier climates, right? You were like Doc Holliday, if you've ever seen Tombstone or know anything about the Wild Wild West history. He was sent to drier weather because uh, it's supposed to help. Colder weather is supposed to help with like respiratory stuff. When my daughter uh, she was younger. She had just like the worst allergies where she would just like cough and wheeze and it was awful. And sure, sure enough, our doctor would tell us like at night when it's cold and brisk, like take her outside real quick and that cold air will help with her respiratory stuff. Um, it's fairly widely believed that yoga and meditation has healing properties, right? Like they both kind of dive into focusing your mind, like using your brain as a as a tool to help heal the body and and using your your consciousness to tap into your nervous system. I mean, it's like, you know, I do yoga, I do meditation. So I don't necessarily think that the only, the only, the only things in the, in the known world that can heal sickness or make you feel better have to be based in like pharmaceuticals. I'm not one of those people that won't take medicine, but I also think that there, like there's something to the idea of, of other 
sort of things to kind of keep you healthy. So, I mean, why not? Why why wouldn't energy be one of them? I mean, they even, yeah, I'm going to talk, I'm going to probably just mortify my mother here. But when I was younger, we had these, this family, these family members that I felt like every time they would come over, they would always talk about this new bracelet that they had bought that was made of magnets that's supposed to make you feel better <laughs> heal you um i always would fall asleep because it was the same conversation year after year about the healing properties of magnets but you know i mean you've got pressure points on your body that you can use to help you with with various you know aches and pains and motion sickness so why not why wouldn't these areas that have increased energy possibly bring comfort to some ailments now are these areas associated with landmarks i mean i don't i'm not so sure on that i mean because like just like the archaeology like archaeology community says these these landmarks were built during different time periods so to think that there was like a collective consciousness in humanity that surpassed not just (laughs) like distance but time is a little hard for my mind to really to really go for now could it be that you know the druids maybe were tapped into whatever i could sense that there was energy near stonehenge and then because they they thought that the energy was associated with you know god or whatever that they built you know you build temples right so they built you know put a bunch of rocks in the in a field you know i I can maybe see that now are these landmarks and ley lines if you will set up to help aliens navigate i think that's kind of silly like what why why would you're telling me that aliens who are able to you know, create an aircraft or spacecraft, I'm sorry, a spacecraft, a UFO that can traverse incredible distances and theoretically maybe even time if you, you like, if you dabble with any of the Einstein theories. They can do that, but their GPS system on their ship is such shit that they need, they need us puny humans to build like landmarks, to build basically road signs on our planet. I mean, come on. I don't understand why. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. I do not believe that. I think that that's kind of bogus. Um, I even don't even buy the ley lines idea that these locations that might have more energy or whatever than other spots are set up along like a grid system. I think that's just a coincidence. In fact, there's been, you know, quite a bit of um, proof shown that you can you can create ley lines with anything to like to even like pizza places and coffee shops. So I don't buy that. Do I believe the Earth is a living being? No, no. I think that sounds like something from Marvel. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, isn't that the plot of the Eternals? If I think about it now, I don't. I don't think so. Um, you know, I can I can be stretched enough to buy into the fact that like Sedona, Arizona, might have like a increased energy in that location, and that that energy might make you make you know you you feel more awake or alive, and maybe that's why there's all those fabulous spa resorts there. I could buy into that, but I can't. I'm not gonna buy into the fact that Earth is like a living a living being. <laughs> that's just me <laughs> oh man thank you as always for listening 
Please continue to follow us on Spotify and please also leave a rating, preferably five stars. This helps support our endeavor to make sure our podcast shows up on general searches more often, which hopefully will help us to where we can have advertisers, which would be great because we definitely want to be able to expand this out. We would love to be able to have advertisers. Advertisers allow us to monetize this podcast And one of our goals is that we can actually go to locations and do, you know, much more in-depth investigative research and interviews. And so, but in order to do that, you got to have money, right? So please support us. Get out on Spotify, follow us, spread the word, leave a rating. Uh, Stay tuned for the next episode where I will introduce conspiracy theories behind, and I'm so excited to announce this. I'm going to introduce the many conspiracy theories behind the JFK assassination. Oh, he is one of my favorite presidents. We will cover his assassination and other conspiracies surrounding this handsome, visionary president throughout the podcast. This is going to have to be a couple a couple episodes, so just be prepared. Um, I mean, because there's so much to talk about. Like, whatever happened to his brain? Yeah. Did you know it's lost? It's lost. Who loses a president's brain? <laughs> Apparently, the United States government does. Thank you again for listening, and please take the time to follow me on Substack. I publish my podcasts and all of my writings on my Substack titled The Sweet Struggle. You can also find me on Twitter at, at MohawkModerate and swing by thepoliticalinsider.com to read my articles and those of my other highly talented fellow writers. My name is Kathleen Anderson, and this is The Eclipse.